0: Coming up next in The Ziegler Show, what goals are we actually excited about? It's the start of a new year and most aspiring people are taking time to think about goals for the new year. In this episode, I wanted to address the emotions behind these goals as this speaks to our motive and whether we'll likely see the goals through abandon them or achieve them, but with collateral damage. So I did a survey showcasing 12 categories of goals from money to health to experiences. And I asked what people were actually excited about. So I'll tip you off by sharing the area of life people were most excited about. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances is experiences and what should that mean to our priorities? Well, Tom Ziegler and I had a discussion on the results and what it means to our overall joy and fulfillment and success when we are habitually not engaging in what excites us and instead in what does not bring us inspiration as we so often are fully engaged every day in our work. And that was near the bottom of the list, which you're gonna hear about. And it's not a call to abandon everything that doesn't excite you and just find work that's all play, but rather to consider how we could attach more joy to everything and how we can increase time spent in our greatest excitements. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. On The Ziggler Show, my focus is getting to the root of personal and business development by digging into what actually helps us change, transform, and achieve the progress we feel called to and the fulfillment we truly desire. Here, I bring today's most influential people onto the show and take captive the core issues of human performance to have conversations about what really matters to our individual lives. If you want to go beyond merely listening and join our community of people devoted to making positive change in their life and work, come over to kevinmiller.co and join my Driven to Live community. You can go from listening to this podcast episode about what goals truly excite us and dig into discussions and life application with us again at kevinmiller.co. Now, Tom Ziegler and I discuss the goals that do and don't excite us. Tom, it was interesting to take these focal points, you know, here's the big areas of life that we tend to look at. It's the beginning of the year and we're all looking at goals. We talked about it in our last show together about what motivates us. We talked about that was in show nine, five, four, desire or pain or fear or whatnot. But here I really wanted to see thinking about motive again, what motivates us as we look at the list. And I kind of expanded out to 12 things from relationships to experiences, to health and wellness. And I was looking for the emotion, which is the core of our motive. You know, looking at the emotion and going, what are we excited about? That's what I ask people. What are they excited about as opposed to where we know a lot of the goals end up with is we look at it and it's it's not exciting. It's daunting. It may be frustrating. There may be even anger attached to that. So as we look at that, like somebody who has, you know, health and wellness is consummately now, it'll be interesting to hear what our results were here, but it's consummately the, you know, the number one focus as we look at new year's resolutions and whatnot. And yet the reality that most people get up the next morning, January one, two, whatever. And they look at that. and It is not exciting. It's just, you know, today is okay, crap. I got to go out and exercise. I can't eat what I want. You got to eat nothing. Greens, rabbit food, you know what? It's not exciting. And then no wonder, well, that's what I want to play with you on. I want your insight because then we know the stats on New Year's resolutions and how quickly they go by the wayside. And I'm interested in the stats as they relate to the emotions that we have towards that pursuit. What do you think?
1: Yeah, this is a great question because, um, you know, we try to avoid pain, we get more voted, motivated by avoiding pain. And, you know, you put wellness in there or, or physical health, you know, how excited do you get for that? Uh, usually you get excited about that when you miss it. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so yeah, I, I totally get it. Uh, I'm looking at that list and, and, Gosh, I like uh, adventure, which I guess would be put under experiences, Mm -hmm. but I want new experiences and everything because I love growing. So if I, I get excited with, if I grow in my state of mind, if I, if I get an achievement that required growth. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but
0: no, well, you just, you just hit the punchline as well because, okay. So this is, you know, this is me putting it on Facebook. Uh, putting it on Facebook and talking about it in my uh, Driven to Live community, and just asking people what got them most excited. Now it's a biased community. You know, these are people who are goal-oriented people. It's a biased community, and it's so hard. I mean, I I could have written more, but you don't get responses on Facebook and social media if you write too much. You know, make it too too big. But I could have gone into it more and said, "Hey, I'm looking for the emotion. I'm not looking." for the should, the expectation, because we might look at that and go, well, I should be excited about my health. I should be excited about my work or making more money. Um, So with all that said, you know, hoping that people did respond more authentically with what excites them with the emotion, the number one, uh, the number one pick is just what you said, Tom, experiences. So as people look through all those things, looks through health and wellness, relationships, spirituality, achievements, contribution, all these big things, uh, people just honestly look at it, what, what excites them experiences. To me, that's a big deal to look at that and go, that's the most exciting thing. What should that say? What could that say? What might that say about our priorities as we look to the new year? Or do we discount that and say, well, no, just because you're excited about that doesn't mean you should make it the priority. I mean, of course, everybody wants experiences. And that's what you get on your annual vacation. Other than that, you stick to the grindstone. Tom, what do you think?
1: Gosh, I love it. Uh, My word for the year is reimagination. Yeah. And one of our ZLCers asked me, Kristen asked me, why did you pick reimagination instead of imagination? And I said, well, I think so many people have been trapped on a path and they've been knocked off the path. Hmm. Right. They've, you know, the, the life is that we had is gone for so many people. I mean, it's just, and it's not coming back with all the changes that have happened in the last couple of years, all the disruption we talked, we've talked about that often. And then, then I went on and explained, I said, you know, instead of, and you said this just a second ago. Instead of focusing on what we should do, we should reimagine what we could do. And so that's where the could, I love could instead of should, because uh, should kind of gives social expectation, like we're giving, we're bowing to social expectation. Not that that's always negative. There's some great social expectations about how we treat each other and manners and politeness and Decorum and those kind of things. But a lot of people keep on the path that they were on because they feel an expectation that that's who they are and that's what they should do. And I just fall back on the fact that our identity is not what we do, but whose we are. Yeah. Right. So I say as a believer, you know, my identity is in Christ. And so what could I do in that identity is to me much more exciting than what I should do based on the world's declaration of what
0: that looks like. Well, and, that, and there you go, there's the point of this show and we're talking about, I mean, you know, it belies the issue of anything that we're going to do that's contrary to the norm, you know, is gonna be difficult. And yet when we look at people's true hearts, it is contrary to the norm I mean, experiences, and that's not what we really uphold as a valuable priority. It's a luxury. We continue to look at that. It's a luxury. And so we applaud it. We we worship it to some degree. I mean, look at Instagram and it's the lifestyles of the rich and famous. I mean, whoever's old enough to remember that show, uh, it was, uh, uh, his name was like Robin Dreech or something like that. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. Something like that english accent and he went lifestyles of the rich and famous went around we love to see that that's what instagram is and and a lot of you know these social media things is to see what you know somebody's in cancun and their beautiful lifestyle we applaud that but we think of it as a luxury as opposed to man if that's what excites us why isn't that more of a priority now a couple interesting things too tom the second one was health and wellness which I would have thought would be in the should thing, and thought that it would have less excitement attributed to it. Though to me, it's interesting if we relate that to the experiences, because we often. So I'm standing here in my office that's in the True Life Medicine uh, medical building that uh, that my buddy Randy James owns, and he's on the other side, literally on the other side of the wall right now, meeting with a patient. I can hear I can hear the low low hum of his voice. And they're talking about health and wellness. He starts off and folks, you can look at what he does, truelifemedicine.com. And he starts off really getting to the root issues of people's health and wellness. And he asks them, what is your goal? Primarily, I mean, a lot of people are saying, Hey, it's just to not hurt. It's just to not have aches and pains, but From a tangible, active aspect outside of that, it's generally they want to do something they want to. And it could be I want to be able just to get down on the floor and get back up again so I can play with my grandkids. Uh, or I want to be able to hike, or I mean, there's a guy in here that that's a friend of ours. Who's an ultra endurance athlete, and he wants to best his time in the next 50 mile run uh, or whatnot, but it's usually to have to enable that experience, which I relate to so much. Most of my experiences are of a physical activity nature. And if I don't have health and wellness, I can't experience those. So I am excited about that. So that was an interesting correlation. That I really didn't expect, Tom. I figured most people would be looking at health and wellness and go, man, no, I know that that's important, but I'm not excited about that. So I was surprised on that one.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting because yesterday I read a um, an article on health and wellness, and it was about training our brain on how to eat rather than going on a diet. And the primary took a, the thing that I took away was, is it said, it basically said, experience every bite of food mm. and ask yourself, what are you feeling? Why are you feeling that way? Are you hungry? Are you eating for some other reason? And then went on to say, you know, a lot of people, they just love ice cream. And when they dig into it, It's because their brain associates ice cream with celebration and happy times. And, and, you know, when they were a kid and they had a party and they got it every now and then. And so they grow up and they're like, I want to be happy. So their brain thinks ice cream, not because ice cream makes them happy. It was the experience that they ate the ice cream in interesting that made them happy. And so I can see uh, health and wellness being right in there because, you know, maybe, Maybe what it is is we need to experience intently, gosh, with our mindfulness, with our presence, uh, what's going on. And I know that when if you're an athlete and you bike or you, or you run or you do any type of endurance sport, there ends up being a zone that you just get into and you almost, you almost just have this view of the environment that's completely different. It's like you're outside of yourself, looking at the situation. Um, not that I would know that personally, but I've read that people feel that. But, but I think what's happening is it transcends the physical action into an experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, man, totally agree. It's, it's, I do want to hit on you talking about that experiencing a bite of food as a. Uh, it's an interesting thing because in our culture, we generally if we sit down to a plate of food and it's good you wolf it down. Oh my God. I mean, that's the consummate picture. This is so good, bro. And you just stuffed your face. And it really kind of goes against, if you step back and think about it logically, you would think, man, if this tastes really good, wouldn't you want to savor it to put it in there? Kind of like, you know, a wine tasting. If you do a wine tasting, you go in there and you don't say, oh my gosh, this bottle of wine is really good. And just knock back the bottle and chug it. When have you ever seen somebody do that? If it's really good, they're sitting there taking this little sip. And they're, they do, you know, run the, run some air over it, gurgle it in your mouth, swish it around to really taste it. My daughter, uh, just got back from France and making wine and she brought wine and we did that. She also brought macaroons like the highest quality, uh, macaroons and brought them back. And we taste tested 12 varieties, maybe. And so these macaroons are really expensive. They're really little. And there was probably eight, 10 of us at the table. Everybody wants to try every one. So we got these little bitty pieces. And so we, we literally put it in our mouth, kind of move it around. I would smash it against the roof of my mouth, my tongue, and really try to get the taste. And she was saying, what does it taste like? And can we guess it? And experiencing that food, we did that, and it kind of is interesting that we tend to instead of savor that really good food that so and so made or that plate of ribs or whatever it is that you're that you're sitting down to, that instead of savoring it, we wolf it down. And dude, we really experience that. I mean, we've all probably seen somebody or a kid and go, "Dude, did you even taste it?" It was like thirty <laughs> seconds and it's gone.
1: I it's you know, sushi is one of those foods that I think in the original Japanese tradition. It was meant to be savored. I mean, yeah. it was, it was you know, every proportion, every cut, every, the presentation, the view of it, the way it's laid out, yeah. the sequence in which you eat it, all of that was designed. And it's funny because I learned how to eat sushi and then they had all these sushi buffets open up. And if you've ever had the, the pleasure of experiencing a sushi buffet, it's not about necessarily quality or taste it's about volume
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: and i remember going there probably the last time i went to one and i was like you know gosh the anticipation and the expectation versus what actually happened two different things and so now when i order sushi uh, especially if there's four or five different varieties of sushi on my plate i will i will select the sequence that i eat them in so that I can have a specific taste in my mouth when I'm done. Yeah. That's a totally different view. And I, and I wonder, gosh, how much, of our, how, how much of our appetite, the physical food appetite that we have, I wonder how much of it would change if our whole perspective was, gosh, how can I, how can I savor each bite? And, yeah. and how, how am I feeling? And what is this doing to everything else? Because I eat less sushi now, uh, I think just because of that—that that forethought. It's not about how much can I cram in at the 1995 sushi buffet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny because I got I got chastised for how I was eating sushi, soaking it up with all these sauces and stuff. Yeah, oh, we're horrible. I horrible. know. You are listening to the Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on what goals actually excite us. We'll be right back. Which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. AirDoctorPro.com promo code Kevin.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters,
0: May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Health and wellness, which I'm going to say is a correlation to helping us experience uh, or, or or really be able to have those experiences. But now here's what I want to play with a little bit. Well, I, let me read down through. The next one was state of mind. OK, so people are excited about thinking about changing their state of mind, which I'm going to think is towards probably dealing with our growing anxiety. People want peace. And I'll tell you really number one for me is that state of mind. I am more excited about some of the aspects of state of mind that I'm growing in than anything, but that was next. Uh, Number four was contribution, which we all know that How, how much of our longing is to matter, to have what we do matter, have who we be, you know, matter contribution, relationships, and spirituality were next. Money and I put possessions because that's a lot of time. you know, people may think about money or sometimes they may be thinking, man, this year I want a new car or a new house or to get out of debt or to purchase something, whatever. So I put money in possessions. That was next. Then self-care. And now here, second to last, Tom, work. Second to last was work. Now, the last one, just to, to finish that out was achievements. And that was interesting Uh, to have that down there. We could talk about that, but I do want to come up here and talk about work. So here we have the number one response of, Hey, what I'm excited about for the new year. If I'm just looking at my emotions, what excites me is experiences. And almost last is work. That place where we spend the majority of our time, the majority of our best energy, is at this place where we're saying that's the least exciting thing. And of course, you've got the great reimagination, which is somewhat of a, a fruition of you bubbling up from the great resignation that we're dealing with right now. People leaving work, cashing out, doing whatever, living on less, whatever they're doing, and work is not doing it. And, and, and here we are. I mean, how many years, Tom, have we been talking about You know, work at what you enjoy, work at what you love. That's my dad, Dan Miller, 48 Days of Work You Love. One of the best selling, you know, personal development, business development books out there, uh, working at your passions. He has another book that he wrote with my brother, Jared on Gaza, turning your passions, uh, uh, or or no, it's wisdom meets passion, but kind of that passions into profits type idea. Apparently we're not doing it very well, Tom. That's a, that's a hard reality to say, here we are at the dawn of 2022 and people are most excited about experiences, least excited about their work. And yet, we're going to go forward, spend most of our time at work. It, it almost belies the questions of what do we do with that? Because we have lots of ideas and answers, but they don't seem to be taking root.
1: Maybe what we need to do is ask when, when we think of our work, uh, and you know, I'll, there's different spectrums of work, right? There's the the, there's the type of work where you stumbled into. It wasn't by design. Somebody said, Hey, come try this out. Uh, you grew in it. You had maybe a little bit of talent. You had some success. You might've had a knack. It was never a passion. It was never what you were, what you felt like you were made for, but the stainless steel handcuffs came along and became too expensive or too far out of the comfort zone to make a change. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or maybe uh, you're doing exactly what you love, you know, the other end of the spectrum. Maybe this question will help uh bring some experience to work instead of thinking, how should I work? Think how could I work? Because when I think of like I love speaking, uh, and when and if you say, Well, why do you love speaking? I'll I'll be honest with you, it's it's not for the thrill of the stage it's for getting going on a trip, new experiences, uh, the anticipation, the people you meet beforehand. If it's a nice location, it's getting that, that picture, that souvenir. Uh, and then it's talking to everybody when I'm done about what you think, what that mean? How, how does that make you feel? So, Instead of saying, what should I have done? I should have prepared and done the best speech I could. I think, you know, I'm kind of more in the, what could I do? Well, I can make the whole thing an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, that's kind of a cool way to look at it. So no matter how quote unquote mundane you think you do, what you do is how could you do it differently? Uh, and I've seen people in quote unquote mundane positions uh, totally changed the atmosphere. You know, I think we've all seen the traffic policemen uh, dancing while they're doing the traffic, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and then they had all these people holding signs, you know, to advertise a location, and now all those people dance. I mean, it's like you you only see ones that get hired because they know how to dance and twirl the sign, right? So they're making, and I look, you know, and and then I know somebody who's like. Um, they had a job, and they're like, "I don't want to give up my job." And I said, "Why?" And it was just a part-time thing. And they said, "Well, it's I burn so many calories doing it. It's the best workout in the world, and I get paid to work out." And so this person had this view of a of the work that he got paid to do, totally and completely different than most people would think. Yeah, he was going out thinking, "I get paid to work out," and other people would be like, "Man, that looks like you know hard work. Why do?" You- <laughs> You do it three times a week. Why don't you quit? You know, why don't you focus your energy somewhere
0: else? I Agreed. I mean, this is a huge issue. And as I'm sitting here listening to you, Tom, I'm thinking this, this in and of itself is another show is talking about our excitement for experiences and our lack of excitement for work. Matter of fact, I might, I might just need to get uh, old Dan Miller, my dad on the show and talk about that. Uh, because it's such a big issue. But if we look at this, it's interesting. That, again, the third thing, Tom, is state of mind. That's what people are excited about. And to some degree, every one of these, all it does is affect our state of mind, whether it's we're talking about our experience, our contribution, our self care, our work, our relationships, they affect our state of mind. And what we're saying is people are attributing a positive status for their state of mind when they are having experiences that give them. Joy. And if we look at the happiest, healthiest, most successful people, and Tom, you can think about the list, your golden Rolodex and the people that you know. I'm going to say there are people that have, that spend the most of their day, day in and day out, involved in things that excite them, in duties that excite them. So then the question is, oh, did they, is it again back to that luxury? They have just earned the ability to spend all day long on the golf course. I, I'm gonna say no, and I'm gonna ask you your thoughts on this. I'm gonna say they have found ways to have excitement within pretty much all of these areas. They've figured out a way to, to take them from a drudgery, a negative perspective, and find joy in them, maybe by being clear on what the out what the motive is, what this, how this thing impacts their life. And so when they look down at some of these lower things, like even money, money was not one that excited people. Uh, That's probably not helping their finances. Money doesn't excite me in and of itself either. Probably doesn't help my finances. How can I be more excited about money by attributing to this is what money allows me to do? I saw my dad go through that transition uh, quite a bit. So, but I'm going to come back to you, Tom, with that as we, if you think about the people in your life, happiest, healthiest, most successful, is that fair? And, and how would you say they're doing that, that they have figured out how to find excitement, find joy in all of these areas of necessary life?
1: You know, dad is the litmus test for me. I mean, he was the, the almost the ideal example and he relished everything it almost didn't matter what it was, uh, but it's not that he liked everything. So I think there's a difference between relish and like um, in this, in this context, he didn't, he did, he relished exercising, but a lot of exercise that he did, he didn't like. Mm-hmm. He relished mm-hmm. it because it elevated his game for everything else. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I'm thinking if Dad were filling out this list, it'd be like, yeah, there's two or three that are at the top, but everything else ties for second. You know, I mean, it's like he gets excited about all of those things. Uh, it would, you know, it'd be in the high, and he would probably say uh, the people who were who were ranking money and possessions low he would probably joke and say, yeah, they'll probably lie about other things too.
0: <laughs> well, well, now if we go to the emotion though, does that change that? Is is that, again, this wasn't a scientific study, but if we look at that, is it being, because I, I would have thought money would be higher, that people would be excited about the idea, especially in our crowd, honestly. So here's our crowd of aspiring people, so many business owners or people who have a side gig, uh, people who are really ex- excelling in their work or want to, I would have thought money would be up there more, but I'm, I'm curious about the emotion. If we look at it and go, gosh, when it comes down to it right now, the culture, maybe, maybe this has always been this way, or maybe right now, and money is not exciting them. It's not creating, it's not an initial positive emotion. Because I think about the business people, especially that I know, the guys are our peers tom most of them are excited about money they're excited about making money it shows success in their business just like rabbi daniel lapin told us it's a certificate of appreciation they appreciate what money allows them to do whether that's build and grow their business and most of their businesses include like ours do influence with people contribution which was the number 4 thing there so they're excited about that and they're excited because it helps fund those experiences as well so you can i can attribute it to that and yet when we just throw when i just threw this out there in the immediate i mean these are people's gut reactions i mean i got responses within minutes and they're going right away money's money wasn't an exciting thing
1: yeah but you in the rating nobody said money's number 12 they just didn't rate it in their top two or true. three true okay yeah so so i think there's probably some legal room there i'm coming down on money like this you know okay. people we like what money will buy, but we love what money won't buy. Right. 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 And so, but here's how it's all interconnected. So let's just say that I get really excited about money and somebody says, well, why? Well then I can have experiences and take the people I love most with me. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden relationships and experiences are fed the rocket fuel by which is what money provides. It provides for that. And I'll just be honest with you, Kevin, if I had um, more money than I knew what to do with uh, self care, massages, physical therapist, acupuncture, uh, all those kind of things that we do for ourselves that we kind of treat ourselves with that make you feel good, I'm probably doing them like all the time. <laughs> I mean, a chef coming to cook at the house to, to make the healthy gourmet meal. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that's something that that's an experience that, that money provides, but I get probably that line is what do I like versus what do I love? And gosh, you know, why don't people, why don't, why don't people put work higher up there?
0: I, I'm, I'm afraid we've continued to put it in this category of it's a, you know, it's a necessary evil and the, what bothers me and I've shared this before, but I had a friend who lives right here in the town that I'm in and I was working with him. He was looking at some work transitions years ago. He had a high profile, fairly high profile job, high paying job at a big company. Uh, I don't think it was Hewlett Packard, but it was kind of that, that genre of, uh, of, of company. And he was there. And as we started talking about it and working through some things, he says, man, he says what I've with the weighty thing that hit him, he says, Kevin, I, I don't enjoy my work or I don't find a whole lot of life in it. At least it wasn't inspiring to him. And so I'm going in here and I'm, I'm just doing it to provide for my family. And my primary motivation or inspiration is our yearly trip. Our year, our annual vacation. And they would do a big one. You know, it was the go to Walt Disney world or go to, you know, Cancun or whatever. It was a big, big expense, big adventure, big experience. And yet he's for the first time looking at the going, how do I justify working 50 weeks out of the year at, and not enjoying, not having experiences just for those two weeks. Does, does that make sense? And that's a question for everybody. I mean, you, I can hear some of the old timers saying, Hey, work wasn't meant to be enjoyed. You know, you do that and you try to, you provide for a family, you're a mule and, and, and just put food on the table, you get an experience now and then it's a luxury.
1: I was talking to a friend last night and he was sharing some of the challenges he's having at work and he just had someone resign and he's understaffed. He he can't, uh, he can't hire. It's like, he's trying to find people to come and yeah. work. The, the, the job market is so tight there. And so we started you know why did this person resign? Because they had all kinds of perks and bonuses and specials and da 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 da, and and they took a job uh, somewhere else and kind of more of a a, a little bit less demanding uh, mentally job. Not a less important job, just doesn't require as much mental acuity in a lot of different areas. And so, one of the things we settled on was burnout. Um, mm-hmm. So many people are burned out. It's not that they don't want more money. It's just that they don't want to invest sixty hours a week mm-hmm. for that money. They'd probably they'd, they'd rather do thirty hours a week for you know sixty percent of the money. And I think that's part of the Great Resignation right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then there's the other side of it, which is there's a belief. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people believe that, Hey, you know what? Work is work. It's all I have to, it's not a get to, no matter what I do, it's not going to be my first desire. So I'm just going to go and resign and get paid as much as I can uh, for whatever I do, because uh, they're all bad. All jobs are bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm just, That's why I love working with coaches and the people we work with, because at the end of the day, their paycheck is other people's success.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, you get paid for it. Awesome. But you also get, you know, people calling you out and saying, hey, I wouldn't be where I am without you.
0: You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on what goals actually excite us. We'll be right back. I am interested, Tom, again, the third one, which wasn't that far behind the first result experiences, then health and wellness, the third one, state of mind. And we look at that. We're in a place right now where we see mental health. It's headline issue right now. We're seeing the stats, uh, diseases of despair are one of our fastest growing uh, areas within chronic illness and disease right now in our massive healthcare economy and the depression despair even suicide but you can even you know bubble up to apathy feeling blue whatnot we did a show recently just on this issue of depression and the different variations from i'm just feeling kind of blue on down to suicidal we did a couple shows on depression in my true life podcast with dr Randy james but if we look at state of mind i think people are realizing that so it's not I I know that it's important. I'm interested. It's I wouldn't have guessed maybe that people are excited about it, but I am is looking at a better state of mind at the end of the day. That's what we're looking for. We would all like, I just want more peace. I want more joy. We're talking about a state of mind. And so then again, to come down here and realize we're putting the majority of our day and the best of our efforts into work where we're saying that doesn't excite us, man, that's a hard road to hoe. To address our state of mind when we're spending our day in a place that we admit is not exciting now again does that mean that we're supposed to just be looking for something that's just play you know hey i just i'd rather just be on the golf course i'll just get a job as a golf caddy and i can be on the golf course all day I, i'm not a i'm not a fan of that that it's just play and fun within your work My, i i would do what i'm doing now with a billion dollars in the bank uh, yet there's still hard effort in it there's still challenge in it um, but man, to have that reality of every day, day in, day out, week in, week out, hour in, hour and out, if we want a night, a good, healthy, positive, happy state of mind, man, it's it's gonna be hard to do if the majority of our hours are not spent with a level of positivity and excitement.
1: Yeah. When I wrote choose to win. Uh, the anchor quote in that book is The fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Yeah. So I sent that off to Seth Godin, who I get the privilege of four or five times a year bouncing a quick idea off of him. And I said, What do you think about that quote? And he said, I really like it. And then he said, But there is a faster way. <laughs> and I okay. said, I said, What? He said, Decide you're successful. <laughs>
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah well then we're back to state of mind
1: so so that plopped into my head when we said state of mind and then rabbi lapin says that yeah. the opposite of depression is not happiness the opposite of depression is purpose purpose yeah. and so when we coach people the first thing we do is connect their why and their purpose to their work yeah Your work, your job, your vocation, the business that you own, whatever it is, is simply the vehicle to allow you to achieve your life goals. And if you think a little deeper, your life goals and your why and your purpose should all coincide. And so what Rabbi Lappin was saying is that the pursuit of purpose, the byproduct of that is happiness the pursuit of purpose, uh, the byproduct of that is the right state of mind. Mm. And I don't, I don't believe we're, we're, you know, happiness is the ultimate goal. Happiness is simply a byproduct of, of doing and living in the right way and the right and thinking about things in the right way. So maybe that's the, that's the challenge is, is people, they didn't rate work up there because they haven't connected work to their why.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, that it gives us a lot. I mean, there's no, if we look at these areas, we're talking about roles and responsibilities of life. I mean, if we look at that, that the day to day, every day I'm going to wake up and there are certain roles and responsibilities I'm going to have to fulfill. I'm, I'm interested in that as a muse for all of us. How do we take those areas and find excitement? I mean, if we want a healthy state of mind, we need to find some aspect of, I mean, we're back to core, core Ziegler a level of positivity that we need to turn these things around. If we're looking at the day with drudgery, if we're looking at our pursuit of health and wellness, whether that's losing weight or getting past a chronic illness disease, and we're looking at it as drudgery, then we are are hurting our state of mind, which we're saying is a high priority as well. How do we tend to our state of mind and how we're each going to find excitement and positivity in each of these areas is going to be different. It's going to be totally different. The fact that I find one of my favorite joys of the day is going to be getting out into the woods and doing my hour run or two hour ride or or whatnot could be drudgery for somebody else, which is fine. You do not have to try to make a two hour fast mountain bike ride fun for you. Find something else though. We're back to Dr. Randy James, our doctor, uh, his quote, you know, what's the best exercise, whatever one you'll do whatever, which, which is ultimately going to be whichever one you find joy. in. so for me, he's going to say, man, Kevin, you like, I might ask him, well, is there a better overall exercise than, than biking or running? He said, he might say, yeah, but will you do it every day with joy and expectation? No, well, then go ride, go to, whatever gets you off the couch, man. And we're saying that in regards to all these,
1: I, I quoted Dr. James to uh, my wife this week. So my wife is, uh you know, she's really let herself go. Uh, she's gained two pounds since we were married. I think she's. Wow, that's, that's dire. She's close to 106 now. Maybe one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's funny. So she goes to the doctor and they say, hey, you know, we need to get your bone density up. Um, and she's she does a lot of cardio. And she's like, well, what do I do? Because if I do more cardio, I lose more weight. You want me to gain weight? but you got to get your bone density up. And so they're like, well, you know, you could do this and that, you know, some weight training and stuff like that. And so she asked me, well, what exercise should I do? I said, the one you'll do every day. Yeah. (laughs) So she's, she's just out there. I mean, now she's in there and she's, she's, she's bought some, some leg weights, you know, real, real tiny stuff. Right. But she's just so consistent at it. Um, Yeah but what is the best exercise? What is the thing? It's, it's what you're going to do when I'm, I'm looking at the list. I just, where did you get that list? Did that pop out of
0: your head? I, yeah, it's one I've That's been playing with. List. Thank you. That's Thank a you. great list. Thanks. Yeah. It's one I've been playing with as I was working with it It was actually with it. I did a class in the driven to live community and I was just thinking about this and honestly, you know, the very last one that I pulled out Tom because it came out of a discussion when I first, I was just about to post this experiences wasn't on the list, not as a, as a reference point, not as a title or a definition. Um, I would have thought maybe that was within achievements or something like that. But then I thought about gosh, experiences. And I'm, I'm finding more focus on that in my own life, my joy in the things that I want to experience daily, weekly, monthly, you know, do I want to let a day go by that I don't experience some aspect of a great joy? No, I, I just don't. Would I want my kids to go through a day with no joy in the day? No. Well, and back to where you referenced earlier, would my would my heavenly father want me to go through a day of just pure drudgery? And I get to the day and he says, right, good work, boy. You got some stuff done today. I, I don't. It's not the God I find in the Bible as as opposed to one who said, Hey, thank you for taking joy in my creation. As you hike down the mountain today, not that it has to be that. I mean, again, there's a hundred different things and you find the one that does it for you, but should I have a day without a great joy, a great experience to some degree? And, you know, we all have to weigh that. One person might say, you know, it's going to be two hours a day of massage. Uh, and somebody else, you know, it's, it's not going to be it, but, uh, it's fine. And finding what's individual for you Tom
1: I I love that and you know maybe here's a business principle that we need to apply to our our personal life or how we approach whatever job we do uh Howard Partridge in our inner circle you know one of the things that we coach all of our business owners is create an experience yeah and in that charge enough so that you can create an experience And I think for us on the individual basis, maybe that means simply we've got to leave enough margin in our life to where we have that margin to create the experience in anything that we do. You know, maybe we can eat lunch with our wife in 38 minutes, but maybe it really should be an hour and 15 minutes so we can have the cup of tea or the cup of coffee at the end and have the conversation. I guess it's a great,
0: go ahead. Yeah, that's it. I I think it's a great, a great place to leave off right there is to find if, if experiences are number one, how are we going to do that? And I think a primary ingredient for most people is finding the margin for that. And there's going to be some things that may be good that we're going to have to let go by the wayside to have margin for that thing we say excites us the most, which is going to make us the best people that we can be. So Tom, um, As as my brother and friend, I'm charging you with go have a fun experience. Okay. Because you'll be you'll Uh, be a you'll be a better friend to me. Okay. I'm all in. All right. Thanks. Okay, friends, what a significant and eye-opening topic to realize most of us aspiring people are most excited to think about experiences we will or could have in the coming year. So how can we reorient our lives around having more experiences? And then how can we get more excited about the other areas of our lives we aren't as excited about yet do want to make progress in? Just two hours after this show recording, we came together as a group and discussed this topic in my Driven to Live community, which you can find over at KevinMiller.co. I invite you to join us and go deeper with these podcast topics and fully apply them to your life. Coming up next in Ziggler Show 957, I'm back with Ron Friedman to walk through his success habits for life. And talking about his career habits, you'll hear him discuss how he came to feeling that working for someone else was far riskier than working for himself. So that and more in episode 957 of The Ziggler Show. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.